Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. All right, here we are for part two of the media and entertainment edition of bank robbery, armed robbery, robbery. Short Bus Debate Club, Darren Jolly's across the table from me, and I'm Brian Courtney. Hi. In case you were wondering why I changed that up, it was because, for some reason, Twitter thinks that I'm Darren. We're not sure of that yet, but there's some weird things that are happening in Brian's, those stupid fucking suggestion feeds that they make, where it doesn't make any sense what they're telling him to... To look at and it would have made a lot more sense for them to tell me to look at those things because brian's a real heavy-handed marxist dude yeah i am definitely a communist i'm definitely a leninist i <laughs> fucking love marx dude that stupid thing that they tell you to look at dude there were multiple stupid things but the one that really fucking got me that that bothered me was it specifically said the Silicon Valley Bank has whatever dissolved or, you know, whatever. And generally speaking, Twitter is going to do keywords or people that you liked or whatever. Well, I have, I didn't delete my Twitter account. But I had deleted Twitter off my phone, so I hadn't posted until today for a really long time. And when I post, I didn't say shit about Silicon Valley Bank or Marx or Lenin or fucking the Communist Party of Kenya. Well, I don't talk about the Communist Party of Kenya, but I definitely talk about all of those other things. A fair amount. You do. I, I, but there's uh, whatever. If If you guys are watching us, go ahead and watch. We're just talking shit to people yeah we 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 like to take a south park approach where pretty much everybody gets uh pounded on uh equally well sort of equal (laughs) equal relative to what it is like like if you throw something out there in a real stupid ass way then we're gonna try to drop a bomb on you a little bit if it if it fits the subject matter that we're doing yes and it's just kind of a stupid people or stupid occurrence thing. It's not. Which sort of suggests that all of us are riding on the short bus at that point in time. That's correct. That's why on our logo, all of the former presidents are there and, and behind us on the road because they helped us get here. Um, Beautiful imagery, to be sure. <laughs> anyway, so we are going to talk about some more movies that have to do with robbery, bank ro- bank robbery, whatever. Um, I talked an awful lot in the last hour. So do you want to okay. start this off or should I, I, I just I, start I, blabbing? I, 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 I'm going to blab about one. We're going to do the, the, the weird turn because a lot of the stuff we've been talking about is fairly uh, rubber hits the road. Like it either has to do with history or it's like you said, the, he connects to a specific uh, robbery that happened in downtown LA. Um, it doesn't always like the the towny stuff 
with with the town like that that connects to Char Charlestown. Um, but like the movie in time, uh, as a movie that talks about bank robbing, like so in in time, the currency is time in in the movie, right? And so when you're born, you have what ten years that are that's put on your arm, and you don't get to use it until you're eighteen. So you live until that point in time, but then at some point you start to pay your current you. you I think it's, it, it, it's something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I know that when they reach a certain age, because that one, Justin Timberlake was talking to that little girl that was like, she panhandles time. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, what are you going to do with this? You do And she's like, you know, time is money or whatever the fuck she said. Um, and it's coming up real quick. But yeah, I, I thought when they hit 27, 25, 25 okay um that's when their clock starts ticking and everybody stays 25 years old so like it's hysterical because justin timberlake goes to this party and he's trying to figure out like because he wants to fuck this one girl yeah sylvia weiss is her name and he's like, well, your wife is very beautiful. <laughs> and he's totally fishing. When he says it, when he says it, it's a full-on fish. It's like, I don't know who or what. He's like, no, that's that's my daughter. This is my wife. Um, but anyway, everybody is just fucking like forever hot if you have money. Don't worry about saying anything. I'll go I, ahead I, I and know, keep talking. Well, I mean, you, you, you told me that you wanted to talk, but you pretty much just did what you what you occasionally do. Okay. You just kind of take over. So either way, like you said, uh, so the, the year is 2069. When they're 25, you got it on your wrist. Uh, his father had died um, as a, a troublemaker. He was fighting against the law all the time, but he would do what they would, what, what do they call it, were you? I can't. They, they called it. It was some sort of gambling where they've. It was like a arm wrestling, except you're you lost time. Time, yeah. So um, ultimately, you fight back and forth. Um, uh, and uh, his dad was very good at it. The timekeepers, who were the police, who would make sure that uh, nobody was stealing time. Which, of course, I mean, because this is a a, a very there, there's a little bit of Marxism in this. In this, like, it's a critique of capitalism. It's about the way, the way that they're, they're sort of going. At least, I, I, I take it that way. Um, let me, let me, let me. No, I'm gonna let you finish. I appreciate that. That's nice of you. Thanks. Like, I saw, I saw Don't you. Don't fucking wave me off. I took a breath. You were not taking a breath. You were fucking leaning. <laughs> so, either, either way. So, um, his, his, his mom, who was uh, wild. Uh, Olivia. Mom, yeah, Olivia Wild. Um. Uh, they're they're like everybody that lives in the zone where Justin Timberlake is from. They live day to day. It's the fucking ghetto. That's where he's fucking from. And then there's it's it's sort of like six. What? Yeah. It was I think it was zone six. Yeah. And then zone one is where everybody that's fucking rich is at. Uh, everybody's got you know at least a hundred years on their arm, if not a thousand or many more than that. What's that? What's in your mind? 
No, I because it went up to twelve zones. It, it, anyway, the zones don't matter. Yeah, I, I was just the, the the highest zone is where people suffer the most and the closer that you get to the, the beginning and it's new uh um, not new Amsterdam, New Greenwich. New Greenwich, that's right. Yeah. Oh, of course it's Greenwich because it's Greenwich uh, meantime. Meantime, yes. Yeah, so, I mean they, they did a good job of like thinking this one through. So um something happens to where uh he has to go to work and his mom that she she can't take the bus because they raised the cost of riding on the bus well it was her birthday too. it was her birthday that's right yeah and uh she had given him some extra time in the morning so that he could have a good lunch or something like that it ends up killing her i mean long story short is um so uh he's burned his dad was fucked by time his mom was fucked by time which is pretty typical for everybody that's in this area um, and he's he's got a good car, like, heart, like Brian said. This this little girl comes up, and you know I can't touch this time until I'm much older. You know, and he and he helps her. He he does this to all kinds of people. He's very much a Robin Hood character without any means at that point in time. And uh, he goes. His buddy's an alcoholic, and they're hanging out at this bar where people are playing cards. And this fucking weirdo from New Greenwich is there buying drinks for everybody they don't know he's from new greenwich except for the fact that he's got fucking like ten thousand years or something okay okay but either either way um he about gets killed um and it's pretty clear that he's trying to get himself killed it's like he's he's done with life at this point uh timberlake saves him takes him to spot and uh they talk to one another and he asked Timberlake, what would you do if you had, you know, enough time? She'd have to think about it every second of every day. You forgot one part, though. What's that? The time robbers were after him. Yeah, that's that. What? When I said he saved him, it was the time robbers that he had saved him from. So there's these guys that are just like anybody that preys on the, the, the weak in those spaces. Like they're extortionists, they're loan sharks. You know, it's the same kind of thing that happens in any fucking poor neighborhood anywhere. People that take advantage of the poor, the weak, to get what they can out of them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm thinking more like the the leg breakers. No, I know, yeah. but I just was throwing that in there too. They, they they get to the banks at some point in time. So, um, but uh, he gives them his uh his time, and then he goes, gets up on a bridge, and times out, which is what they call that, and he falls over and dies. So, uh. Timberlake has nothing else really tying him to anything there now because his mother is gone. Um, his best friend is there. So he goes and gives some time to his best friend and he takes off. He goes to New Greenwich. And all of these things sort of transpire to where he ends up stealing this rich-ass banker's daughter. I'm not going to go through the... He also wins a bunch of his yeah, time at poker. poker. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I wasn't going to go into... I'm not going to go piece by piece by no, piece. No, that's but. fine. It, it, it's a fucking good movie. It's, dude, it's a, very, it's a very good movie. But the way that they continue to talk about time and how time is the hub, even in, even in um, Pete, like, he, he has the dream where he's... Uh, when, when they're talking back and forth, he says he has the dream where he's, uh, he's stuck in the water, he can't breathe. And he wakes up from, from the dream, and the only thing that's going to save him is waking up. And Pacino says to De Niro, what, what does that mean? He says, he says it means that I, I, need, I don't have enough time. You know, I mean, so, like, there's something about money and time that's sort of at the, the hub of a lot of these concepts. Well, so I'll let you jump back to end time. Yeah. But, dude, one of the things that I tell people all the time when I'm pitching them at least a meeting mm-hmm is that I can save you money and I can save you time. 
and time is money. I, I know it's, it's I mean, fucking it's, cliche, yeah, but, but it's, it, it's absolutely fucking true. Whether you're talking about one person or somebody who's running a team of people, if I can save you a quarter of an hour per person, then I've saved you. But, and I, I don't want to give you my sales pitch, but that's... Well, that, but that's because that's so pervasive in every concept of value that we... Because we on. run on a linear scale. Yeah, exactly. Yes, because time, when time is money, every you know, I mean, I clock in and I clock out. You know, it's like when I go in and they try to get me to do shit when I'm not working. I'm like motherfuckers. When when you don't have me on the clock, I own my time. I said that more than more than a couple times inside the post office because because that's the struggle, right? Like in in and in this world, the whole sort of rhetorical point that they make is that if there's enough time for everybody then why are we using it in a disciplinary fashion you know why don't we create a space to where it's not the currency you know there there are sales organizations that have boiled it down to seconds per year and they're like if you do this for this i i i'm not bullshitting i'm sure so the only thing I'm getting at, because I do want to go back to End Time, because I think it's a fucking awesome movie, and that is because we do only have so much time. But I think more important is that the fact that it says rich people live longer they than poor people do. Long, they can live forever. And it's, it's not necessarily because, well, in the movie End Time they yeah, can. Yeah. Because they can just continue. Right. We just, I mean, dude, if you look at anybody who's rich compared to somebody who's poor on the same age, they look years apart, if not decades. Well, in, in the way that they experience a day, because they own their time. Right, because they can wake up and do yoga. And fucking have a smoothie, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I I don't know what a world looks like where I didn't have to sell my labor time to to be able to reproduce the conditions that allow me to consume food, to live under shelter, to have clothes on my back, to have heat, you know, to make sure that my stupid dog that stinky-ass breath is in my lap doesn't go starving, you know? I don't know what the fuck that looks like, you know? So when I think about a movie like this... Like the way that it elucidates the the concept of possibility, right? And 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 I think that it's important to, like, when I say it's Marxist, like, and you said it when you said it's linear, right? The concept of possibility. Well, I said linear, but okay, correct my pronunciation <laughs> again, <laughs> asshole. You <peedin'. laughs> We're gonna you octopedies, you know? <laughs> um, okay, so. Multiple octopus. The the important concept to understand about if you're going to en- engage the concept of communism is that you're talking about a different concept of time. You're talking about a way of thinking about possibilities in a different way. You're you're talking about a nonlinear way of thinking about possibilities. We which means that it can't be located in uh, the the fallacy of a singular subjective space like. Subjective space becomes collectivized. Uh, it already exists collectivized because we are part of an organism that is bigger than ourselves, just in our own subjectivity. 
that's me. That's not Brian. That's just my position. But no, they, Twitter, send me some more shit. Yeah. What when 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 the concept of possibilities open up, then you can sort of recalibrate the concept of what it is that can happen on 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 the daily basis because everything's not lo- located in a linear subjectivity. So when they go and they start stealing time from all these different time banks and then bigger time banks and then giving them the, because they weren't just keeping them for themselves. They were giving them to other people. They were, and they, they flooded the market and that's when prices went up because that's why his mom essentially died is because the price they of time went up and yeah. down all the time. They make an inflation argument in that moment, which is kind of funny. Essentially they were using cyber currency at that point. Yes. But the thing that we forgot to mention is that the girl's dad was like the president and CEO of the time bank that was in said area. Um, so she knew where time was and where to get it and where to get it for the most bang for the buck. Um, so the really cool thing was that at the end, so the dad is dead or her dad is dead. And he was a dick. He kind of deserved it. He was definitely because he was one of those fucking pompous, rich, entitled assholes. And I don't know, of course, in a movie, they never show you how that kind of shit happens. I mean, because we just came in in this time frame, right? But it would be interesting to see how they ended up Getting plugging it in to where now time was. Let's go make a prequel, you know? I mean, he makes, when they're, when they're sitting in, in his place at the end, because he makes that I'm Randy and sort of like, this is how evolution works argument, you know. Yeah. And then say la vie, you know. Right. Well, because at that point, I mean, what he's getting at is that evolution no longer happens. And that's why that dude is so bummed out to begin with. He's like, how long can you actually fucking live? And he tells him, you know, the poor are here to feed us everything that we need we're we're taking nothing except time from you guys yeah. I, I mean we're I, taking your lives i get what you mean when you say evolution no longer but i think it means like the the way that i would rather put it is that like the absolute expression of evolution had in had like fortified itself we are on the top they are on the bottom and it will never change so which is not different than what you're saying at that point in time or at least right because you're talking graduate. about the rich and the poor people yeah, at that point. Yeah, that it's just an absolute it's an absolute expression of that that sort of like a social relationship. I am, of, I am the I am the king, they are the fucking plebs and I, I will fucking kill them so that I can have a good life. Right. And he doesn't even have to do anything to kill them yeah. other than buy more time. The, yeah, perpetuate the structure the way that it's functioning. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But well, this may be a fucking topic for another episode, but I would argue that Evolution no longer exists, at least within our side of the, we'll the bubble. She has a real awesome theory about this. Evolution as a social construct never existed. 
Because, dude, at this point, I mean, I would die. Because I, I don't, I mean, I might be able to hunt a fucking rabbit or something, <laughs> catch a fish. Aaron probably would have been dead a long time ago because he wouldn't have been able to get glasses. You know, I mean. He might have lived to be like 14 or 15 or something like that. Maybe. I mean, I don't know because, again, we, we're not in that environment. It's a different social setting, yeah. That's fine. Um, I don't I don't think, I think Darwin may have been onto something with his fucking racist condescension, but he was off slightly. Anyway. I don't think about evolution in social context at all. Not not with not with us. Not with the way that we talk about the direction of social movement, at least anyway. That's bullshit. When you're talking about it with birds, like No, that's lizards, that's what I was talking about though, is that only the strong survive. And at this point, when you can go and buy a fucking pound of ground beef at the grocery store, you're not actually feeding yourself. Evolution is not reducible to only the strong survive. Okay, I mean that's that that's that's fair, but I mean, whatever. So We're in, talking in about time, fucking end time. In time, all right. So like, there's there's an absolute there's there there's a, a seemingly absolute disposition of power, and they come in on the side and they they upset that totally. Yeah. So you think that it's it's done because dude is dead. They robbed all the banks. They've sort of managed to stabilize the way time was working within whatever zone they were in. But the thing that they never showed you were that that there were all of these other fucking zones everywhere. And so she says, do you want to rob a bank? And he's like, fuck yeah. So they go to the, they go to the, they go to the big one. This is, this is where I hate the movie, right? In this, in this moment, because of the last point that you're making, right? Is that there's sort of like a minor su- suggestion of stabilization, but this is like the same argument that Zizek makes about uh, V for Vendetta, right? Like, it's real easy to imagine the revolution. The very difficult thing, and the one that's not so Hollywood and not so fun, is imagining the day after the revolution. So, yeah, okay, steal another fucking, rob another fucking bank. That doesn't change the fact that, like, if you want to have a different system, then you have to eliminate the concept of the time bank as it's functioning altogether. You don't eliminate time because time still functions. You're still mortal. Right? Yes, but this is where Dillinger and Bonnie and Clyde and everybody else were, is that they, I don't, I, I'm assuming a lot of fucking things here, but considering the fact you... that... They kept robbing banks or grocery stores or post offices or whatever that they understood that they needed time, money. Yeah, I'm following you. But they didn't know how to break the system and make it something else. That's that's a wonderful point. That is that is the point that like the most difficult point. And that's the only reason why I bring up the problem like like literally. Like you I mean you you said it at the end all they do is go from is I mean is is that like the rhetorical disposition that you just go from one one space of oppression to the next higher space of oppression? What does it really mean to have something different? Well so and who knows? I mean Again, 
I wasn't a fly on the wall. I wasn't part of the gang. But who knows? Maybe... Uh, fucking... Oh, brother, where art thou? Made fun of baby face Nelson and because he got so depressed. And, oh, and, right. and, they, and downs. they made it seem like it was some sort of fucking like depression thing. But maybe he was so fucking depressed again. Assumptions. Yeah. Maybe it was because he had robbed all those banks thinking he was going to change something. And nothing ever that's, changed. That's the last point that you make. That point, that is, I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, because ultimately it, it, it creates the like temporal paradox that we're sort of like stuck in right now socially, almost writ large, you know? It's just that there's a system, uh, this guy, it wasn't Graber, it was uh, this other guy, Mark, uh, he was the realist Marxist guy. I can't remember what it said, but he said, I can't remember what his name is, I'll find it later. But he said, uh, it's easier for us to imagine uh, the entire civilization dying than to imagine capitalism ending you know because we don't have a way like if you no, just let me finish what i'm saying i'm, I'm going to i just I, I yeah i know you want to cut me off when i say one fucking line every time dude so <laughs> all right <laughs> when you commit an act like that when you commit the bank robbery when bonnie and clyde did what they were doing when baby nelson did what what he was doing it, it was an act of rebellion against the system that you know regardless of whether it was for the emotional ups and downs like they make fun of so well you know brother where art thou or whether or not like they had had some really bad things who was it the one who said that got raped in jail uh clyde barrow okay so like he, he he was definitely responding to a system that had done certain things to him on some level you know whether he's dealing with it right or wrong doesn't fucking matter but like you said you commit the act you're, you're sort of like liberated because like you said, you've got money, you've got time at that point in time, but you haven't changed anything. So you repeat the act and it's kind of like, like drugs at that point in time. You know, you, you have the initial, or at least the way that they talk about it, it's, you know, narcotics anonymous, you know, or you have the initial super fucking high and all you're trying to do is sort of like repeat that because there's no way of like getting out of the, getting to the meaningful thing. Right, the space that really is like liberatory. But that's that's part of the problem, is that I don't know. Well, first of all, as intelligent as I think I am, I don't know that I know. But the people that are otherwise engaged outside, I know that they don't know. I mean, because I, I watch them and they are oblivious to everything. But again, I'm, I'm not trying to say that I'm here, but what I'm There's saying is in the I'm saying that we have a couple of things to overcome. First of all, well, at least two, but I mean, first of all, we have to make people realize that we can't keep robbing banks in order to change things. And second of all, we've got to put a system into place in order to help these people realize we're going to change things. So maybe then the third is we're putting things into place to change things. And I know that that sounds really redundant no, I, and repetitive. I mean, I, I, I think that's, that plays into exactly what I just, you know, like there, there's the cathartic act. 
you know, the, 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 which is very similar to the Revolutionary Act, you know, where you do this thing, you know, dipshits go out and they fucking protest, you know, uh, dipshits go to the fucking Capitol on January 6th and fucking go and fucking stand on top of Nancy Pelosi's desks and fucking pee and shit like that, you know, whatever, you know, like, we don't even know how to see the other, po- what, what even another possibility even looks like. I mean, I, Dude, I, I know I go back to Game of Thrones mm-hmm. all the time, but she said I'm going to break the wheel. Mm-hmm. At this point in our evolution, I think if we break the wheel, we just have a broken wheel. Yeah, I, that's I, 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 I totally. So when I deviate from, and I don't want to go because like this is, but th- when I deviate from other Marxists, like one stupid fucking term, and I, look, I love you, Stephen, but sometimes when you say the word decommodify, I don't know what the fuck you mean by that, right? Commodification is rooted in a concept called alienation, to where we use something that's concrete and we pair it against an abstraction that allows us to see how it relates to other concrete things. That's a tool that allows us to understand the concept of abstraction in the first place. So, do you, what, when you say decommodification, does that mean that you're telling me that you want us to? roll back the concept of abstraction writ large. I don't think that's what you really mean. But when you say it, that's actually what you fucking mean. So you don't want to break the wheel. What you want to do is to turn the wheel into something that creates a different set of possibilities for like to where it's not stuck in these uh, linear trajectories, like to where there's these other things that like, and and like I, I can see like a horizon where that I can see something what that looks like, but like, that's not something that I can see alone. Like that's something, like I said, it's 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 rooted in a subjectivity that has to transcend my own like narcissistic position, right? Which means that like other people start to see possibilities in relation to that. And then like this, this it, it's kind of like if you imagine like a body only had like five senses forever, right? And then all of a sudden that body had a million senses, right? I mean, that like, because that's this, all the subjectivity sort of like opening up to where the, all these possible, like, because it's something that we're all working together to make happen. Right. And, and I, I understand that there are the dipshits out in the world that think that everybody's selfish. And I understand that you can perpetuate that disposition by saying everybody in the world is self-interested and they're selfish. And then you go out in the world and you fucking steal something, right? To demonstrate that you're selfish or that people are selfish. That is self-fulfilling prophecy. We don't know what human potential is. It's not done or ended yet. There are possibilities that exist out there that may exist out there, depending on how we relate to what, how we relate to the wheel and not just try to well, dude, there, break it. Like there are definitely other fucking possibilities out there. I am just sad to think that I'm not going to see them. You don't know that for sure. We're not going to see it done, of course. Yeah, this is a long fucking, this is a long thing, man. But if we're going to make it out of this space, we have to, we have to get past in time. We have to get to the next expression of, of what, where we're not just robbing banks. I mean, that, like the way that you, that was perfect the way that you put it. So I, I, I'm with you. So totally different movie, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So. At the end of the first half, I said Hell or High Water was one of my favorite bank robbery movies from 
recent times. Have you seen it? No. But I'm, I'm I, dude. I, I always talk about these fucking movies that you've okay. never seen. It's okay. Um. Okay. So, uh, what's his name? He's a ginger. Ben. Ben something is in it, and Chris Pine is in it. Um. They're two brothers. Uh. The ginger is a fucking. Uh, I love that we can use certain <laughs> terms that people identify as derogatory in certain contexts today, but we can't use others. <laughs> And we can certainly use the ginger. Um, he is a criminal who has recently gotten out of jail. And the other brother... Ben Foster. Yeah. Um, the other brother has stuck with his mom and been a law-abiding citizen and tried to, to handle the ranch... Well, his mom did a reverse mortgage on the house. What's the time? What's the time? Dude? It's 2016. Uh, no, it's recent. It's, it's so, and it's in, yeah, it's, it's in time. it's in real okay. time. Okay, okay. So the reverse mortgage has to have like forty five thousand dollars paid off on it. The reason that they're scrambling to pay it off is because a fucking oil company has discovered oil on the property and they're going to pay a lease. And so it's worth a fucking shit ton but of they money. Don't, they don't have a, But they don't own it. And they, they don't have mineral rights either or anything. No, they, they do. The, they've got the rights, okay. but, they, but don't they don't own, own the it. land. Okay, okay. Unless and they they're about to repossess okay. because the payments haven't been made and the... Unless they get that reverse mortgage. Correct. So they go and rob banks that happen to be the same banks that own the mortgage on the house. You know what? I, I like that. Oh, it's fucking brilliant, dude. But here, here's my favorite part of the whole fucking thing. Jeff, um, Bridges, is the cop, huh? Jeff Bridges is talking to his Texas Ranger buddy who happens to be Native American, Gil, Indian. Gil Birmingham. Okay. Alberto Parker. And he keeps calling him a Mexican Indian. And he's like, well, you and you, Chavez, you know, you Chavez. can go eat your fucking pemmican. And he's like, when are you going to stop making fun of my Indian? And he's like, well, as soon as I'm done with the Indian, I'll get to the Mexican. That That isn't the reason that I like the movie. But when they're sitting out in front of this fucking diner, Jeff Bridges is talking to him and he says, you know something and he's like you know what fuck it you stole the land from us and now the banks are stealing the land from you and it there there was a moment of clarity there in that movie mm -hmm. um that said sort of why the brothers were robbing the banks and why there were fucking for sale signs everywhere and repossession signs and everything else. Because it was down in fucking, I don't know, Texas is so fucking big. It, but it was, I, I'm guessing, around Lubbock. Um, because they were, well, no, it couldn't have been. It had to be the other side because they were close to New Mexico. So they were in extreme West Texas, rural West Texas. Yeah. Um, it, it was a fucking great fucking movie. And again, one of my favorite robbery movies since 
Well, recent times how, for how sure. It, uh, I, I will actually watch this at some point in time, but how did it resolve? So that was fucking awesome, too. I mean, just like I watch a lot of movies strictly for dialogue. And if you can deliver dialogue well, then I'm there. And I don't know if that has to do with writers, directors, combination of the two, actors. I don't know. Yeah, you create a character and they fucking pound on you. Because yeah. some of it, the dialogue just flat fucking sucks. But at the end, fucking Jeff Bridges is sitting there talking to Chris Pine because the crazy-ass brother that was paroled, like, drove up this hill and started shooting at the cops, and he ended up shooting the Mexican-slash-Indian guy. And Jeff Bridges fucking flipped his shit, dude. And he fucking found this person to drive him up around the hill, and he ended up shooting the brother. Well, he came down, and they were trying to solve the murder, and the Texas Rangers kept saying, this brother doesn't have anything to do with it. And the bank doesn't want to try to pursue it because now there's this trust. Case is closed. It's done. And he's like, fuck that. They killed my partner. I want to know. And he's like, no, done, done. It's it's gone. So he goes to the house, and Chris Pine kind of gave it to his wife, but he more gave it to his two sons. And they were talking, and, you know, Jeff Bridges is making, like, some threatening tones. And Chris Pine says, you know what? I live in the city now. Anytime you want to come by, you can come by and talk to me. We can figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a great fucking flick, dude. And I wouldn't, even though a lot of the dumb fucks wear cowboy hats, I wouldn't consider it a Western. Really? Chris Pine's name is Colby Howard. How could that not be a Western? Well, dude, I don't... His, buddy's, his brother's name is Tanner Howard. I didn't realize those were fucking Western names. That is, like, straight out of fucking Hillbilly Central. Okay, well, Hillbilly is different than Western, and you should know that being a fucking country music Buck fan. Taylor's name is Old Man in the movie. Anyway, it's a it's a great fucking flick. And the one brother ends up washing the money at a fucking casino. And he goes and pays off the reverse mortgage. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's fucking brilliant because it says so much about today. Yeah. And how we got here. Yeah. I mean, when Gil, when Alberto, whatever his name is, says, that you stole it from us and now they're taking it from you. That's yeah. good. <laughs> I'll get to the Mexican when I do with the Indian. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> it's a it's look, a great I, flick. I, look, everybody, we just need to stop a little bit about this woke stuff. Like it, like we need to be smart enough to like understand that by engaging moments like this, it allows us to see things about ourselves. If you try to shut that down, then that self-reflective apparatus disappears, and and. That's just, we're not there yet. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I don't give a fuck what that Abraham, that Kendi guy says. I don't give a X, Kendi, whatever his name is. He's a dumb motherfucker. He's wrong, you know? You all know where all of this woke shit started happening? Is that 
fucking stupid purple dinosaur. <laughs> you know, I think that probably if we talk to Josh right now, he would still be. No, that was a different fucking stuff thing. Because he was, was always even... talking about the. Oh, he was the tink, tinky winky and yeah. the Teletubbies. That's right. Okay. Sorry, Josh. Well, maybe, no, maybe, I was not, talking not. about Barney the Barney, dinosaur. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I love you, you, you love, love me. me. Yeah. And it was just horrible because they started making everybody think that they were the same and that there were no differences and that any differences. I think you're being a little bit teleological right now. I don't think that the world ever works in straight lines quite so simple. Like you that. mean it's not linear? That's correct. That okay. Is, that is exactly what I'm saying. Time is a flat circle, motherfucker. <laughs> so move on. Now, you want to talk about some people that know how to have some dialogue and some good conversations? Now, that season one of that was fucking wonderful. Yeah, uh, I cool. season three wasn't even bad. I, I haven't ever watched that but one. I, I know that the guy season the main, two the was main character, fucking horrible, he did dude. But movie called Green Book that I need to watch. And he's that was a good actor. movie. Was it? Was it a good movie? Yeah. That was a great movie. Um, I mean, not great enough to where I watched more than once, but <clears throat> it looked. I mean, it looked pretty. Pretty, pretty awesome, pretty brilliant. So it was, it was brilliant in the fact that it taught me something I didn't know previously. And then I went on to find like there were more, like that green book that they talked about was a book about where black people could oh, stay. Yeah, it's a weird time period piece though, dude. But like Colorado had its own green book, and you know, there were. It was just, well, we are fucked up and tribal as people, and I'm not, I'm not trying to justify racism in any way. I'm just trying to figure out shit in my head, like, how this could have ever occurred. It's, it's insane, dude. Like, like I don't want a book that tells me where I can or can't go. But, but if but if there's something that exists like that, like if there's a, a formation that guides people so that they're not going to get fucking hurt or lynched or fucked in certain circumstances, that's an important thing to understand. It, like, well, there was no guarantee of not being fucked up or lynched. I, I, the point yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I, so my mom was dating this. This guy that was from fucking Brownsville once, a long time ago. Texas? Yeah. I mean, and he was... That's uh, a shit he, And he had a, he had a couple of um, tears tattooed on his face. Classy. And, uh... <laughs> on, facia, on the face of it, right? He was probably classier than a few of the people that she dated during that time period, right? But this guy started to throw around the N-word... He was because he had spent some time in prison. Prison is a different thing. Or no, so but the way that he started talking about it, he said because he was in, involved in gangs in Brownsville, right? And he said if this motherfucker came over here, we were gonna kill him. And if I went over there, they were gonna kill me, right? Regardless and, of who you were. Yeah, and he and he said, and there are things that I will not tell you about what happened when I was in prison, because I didn't get pinned for them, but they fucking happened. And then my mom said some things after that. That were so devastating to me that I realized something about Colorado that I'd never realized before. And that was that the Green Book existed. 
and that it was very real, you know, and that there were people in Eastern Colorado that were bigoted on a level maybe that I didn't even understand. Dude, I've seen copies of it, and I didn't. So, again, toward the end of whatever, we're sort of spiraling off of topic, but... Not, not like we do that ever. Um, two, three years ago, I get a fucking email from the History Colorado Museum. And it was something about knowing our shame or some shit. But, and I'm not sure if this is fucking racist or not. But they have developed a fucking map where you could click on areas within the Denver metro area to see how many KKK members were there. Now, that's not racist against white people, but what I'm wondering is if it's perpetuating an ideology because of the fact that you developed a fucking point-and-click map. Regardless, my point is, is that this was in the 20s, 30s, that the KKK was huge in the Denver metro area. And based on records that they have, they've come up with all of this shit with the KKK all around here. And and we're not even bad compared to the rest of the country. But the KKK was big in Denver course, in the dude. 20s. They burned fucking crosses on that fucking table mount over fucking that table. I don't know what the fuck you call it. Coors Mountain or yeah. whatever it was. Table Mesa. Table Mesa, that's what I yeah. Table mounts in uh, Israel, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Green Book was definitely a book. And it wasn't just in eastern Colorado. I mean, dude racism was a prevailing idea throughout the United States. And it bugs the shit out of me because I don't have a problem with color. I have a problem with stupidity. I don't give a fuck if you're black, Chinese, white, brown. I don't give a fuck. If you're stupid, you probably deserve to be yeah, lynched. The only re I mean, I wasn't trying to identify it to Eastern Colorado. It just, it just maybe it surprised me Two things. One that I was so naive about it, you know, and the other was that it hit so close to home. That 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 was the the thing that, that bugged me the most. But uh, um, I wonder if people in Tennessee feel that way. Where 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 are we at, little buddy? Where are we at? <laughs> where are we at? I don't know. Um, we can talk about. Okay, so another fairly recent movie that I thought. Well, I don't know where to go. Do you have any movies on your list that we haven't talked about? Only the one that I'm going to close with. So, Oh, so you've got a closer. I do. I do have a closer. So another pretty good flick. Again, they're not Robin Banks. It's kind of similar to The Town because they're, well, no. They actually armed the Fed, or, uh, robbed the Federal Reserve. It's called Den of Thieves. Um, Another one that I haven't seen. One of the guys from uh, The Wire is in it. Um, anybody that connects to The Wire. He's... Ice Cube's son is in it. Ice Cube's son? Yeah. Who's his son? I don't know. His son. The guy that looks almost exactly like Ice Cube, except not Ice Cube. 
That's really helpful, dude. O'Shea Jackson Jr. That's him. Um, a little bit like Ice Cube. How can he be a Jackson Jr. if he's? How can he be O'Shea Jackson Jr. Is he named after his mom? No, he's named after his fucking dad. His dad's name isn't really Ice Cube. I've never heard his first name. That's funny. His name is O'Shea Jackson. Then that you, I never like. I I just never learned that before. Shouldn't they just call them? Shouldn't they just call them? Ice Cube Jr. Cube Jr. Tiny Cube. Come on, CJ. You're a cube for a water yeah, bottle, carry, bitch. Carry on, motherfucker. Um, so, Den of Thieves. 50 Cent was in that movie, too. Yeah. So, so a rapper and a rapper's son. Um, Who do you think produced it? I have no fucking idea, dude. Probably somebody in that general vicinity. Carry on. So they started off like the opening scene was them robbing an armored truck. But it turned out that the armored truck was empty. And they didn't do it on mistake. They were fucking trying to steal the truck, which they did. Um so that they could go on and do some other robberies, mainly the one at the Federal Reserve. Um, they wanted to rob the Federal Reserve? Well, they weren't really robbing it for the money. They were robbing it for the money that they were about to destroy. And so they had this really good fucking plan. Anyway, it it was a good flick, again, with some, some twists and turns and... Uh, the end wasn't exactly what I expected. But, again, pervasive violence. Uh, there were... Wow. There was a lot going on in that movie. You are really, really elaborating in some great detail right now. Well, dude, if I fucking talk about the entire movie, you tell me you don't care about details. If I fucking just... you got to say something. I've been talking for fucking 10 minutes about the thing. Anyway, they robbed the Federal Reserve. They went through this really cool shit. Like, uh, Ice Cube's son gets a job as a fucking Chinese delivery driver so that he can make it through the man traps and all the fucking uh, basic security. And then he goes and fucking hides in the fucking air shafts and makes his way down to basically the count room right outside the count room they do an EMP or something similar to simulate a rolling brownout because it was summertime in LA so that happens a lot pretty 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 good cover yeah um and the idea was that they grabbed the money before it went to the shredder, but they still put it in the trash bags, and then a trash company was going to come by and grab the money and take it away. That's all I'm going to say, because I, I can't fuck up the movie for everybody. The production company that made that movie, that's like the only movie they ever made. They're like, their total box office, if you put all the other films they put together... 
was significantly less than what they did for dinner fees worldwide. So it looks like that was pretty much what their intentions were. I do have one other movie before you, well, we've still got a while to talk, but yeah. Inside Man, I'm not a huge fucking Spike Lee fan. I, I actually fucking hate Spike Lee. Um, hate? Yeah. Okay. Loathe. Um, but he did a movie called Inside Man, and as far as bank robbery goes, that was a brilliant fucking movie. Clive Owen, um, another guy from The Wire, uh, shit, I don't know. Uh, Denzel Washington yeah, is so in that it. Is, that is him then. Clive Owen and uh, Jodie Foster's in it. Christopher Plummer's in it. Woman Foe's in it. Yeah, Christopher Plummer plays the head of the bank, who's essentially the bad guy. Um, Willem Dafoe plays like the head of SWAT. Um, Jodie Foster plays a fixer. And so it's kind of hilarious at the end. As the fixer, she goes to Christopher Plummer and says, I need a reference to get this condo purchased. And he's like, really? And she's like, yeah, it's for Osama bin Laden's nephew. And he's like, really? And she says, yes. And, you know. I need it now because she had gone and fixed this other shit with, she didn't know for sure what was going on, but there was some fucking shady shit and they had stolen a diamond out of a safety deposit box that was tied back to some fucking affluent family back in, I think it was Paris during World War II. And they happen to be Jewish. So this guy that started this bank made shitloads of money off of selling insurance to Jews during World War II. And then they came in and, well, yeah, did what they yeah, did. Um, well, that is, that, that is fucked up on a totally different level, dude. It was really fucked up. And just for future reference, I wouldn't say the say la vie thing when I'm when we're talking about Jews in World War Two. <laughs> so a bunch of Jews got fucking killed. Eh say la vie. <laughs> just <laughs> I, I could do it for Palestinians though. I could do it for Ukrainians right now for sure, right? We could do it for everybody. I was kind of cracking a joke, but now that you mention it, it is just for Jews in World War II. Say love you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get fucking burned at the stake for that one, dude. Well, if they don't realize that they were not the only killed yeah, and persecuted people. Yeah, we don't have to recount that fact. I mean, that, like... Part of the reason why I don't ever even go down that pathway is because it's like it's like the 
Like you want to talk about what's going on in Ukraine, but you have to say that Putin's an evil bastard first, right? Like, I, I, you know, you, you want to talk about the fact that we shouldn't shouldn't have invaded Iraq, but you have to say Saddam was an evil bastard. This is this is not the way that every conversation has to go. We all know what happened in history. We all know when fucked up things have happened in history. We just that gotta was, be smart enough how to negotiate them. That was the issue I had with the ex, is that she saw the fucked up things, but only from one side. And it happened to be the side that was on whatever media she was watching yeah. at whatever time. So typical. Like, we just need to be we just need to be more thoughtful and balanced and humane about the way that we approach all of these questions. Everybody's alive. Everybody's a human. Respect everybody's a human. This person's not more valuable than that person. And if you really think that that's the truth, there's going to be some consequences for that at some point in time. Not by me, but it's it's gonna it's gonna rain down some horrible shit again. It's just gonna perpetuate the same kind of cycle again. So yeah, I treat everybody equally. I'm. An no, asshole I, to everybody. I'm not, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about the people that will listen to this and say that we're the devil now. Or the devils, or rather. <laughs> now you need to play that back. And then it will say, well. <laughs> 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 All right. It reminds me of the scene from uh, uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Freddy's the devil, but, 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 Freddy's the devil. I've only seen that movie once. Great film, dude. It's funny. Um, okay, so Inside Man is a great flick. I I dig it. I mean, I'm kind of down to the end of what I had on my list other than Ocean's Eleven, which I've never seen the original. Yeah, I, 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 we failed on that one. We should have gone back and watched the original. You know, I like the fucking the the, the Asian acrobatic guy. That's that what I was gonna say. Flip. The little Chinese. He's a madman. Yeah, that dude. Backflip is awesome in that movie. <laughs> dude, I mean, the way they recruited him, the shit he was doing was crazy. Well, and you know, they went the way that they set up the the run through phase. You know, before they went in and did it. And that's what I'm wondering. Like, I I know that they probably have certain similar things throughout the movie. But since the original was done in the 60s, like, uh, dude, I can't remember. Why the fuck am I forgetting his name? Dude with the glass eye, uh, black guy. Oh, uh, Sammy Davis the, Jr.? Yeah. Um, he, glass eye? Yeah. He was, well, that you never saw that one Fucking wandering around I all never, over. I never really looked at him when I was Um, look me in the eye, motherfucker. My, uh, <laughs> so, come on, we're almost there. He was a black guy, and at that time, like they wouldn't even let him into the casinos that he was headlining. Like he had to go in the, the back. back. So I'm wondering since it was at that time, if they even had an Asian gymnast doing, and I doubt it was an Asian, but I wonder if there was a gymnast at all, or if they just added that shit you know, to the new one. We'll, we'll watch it and then we'll talk, we'll talk about it later. It's, I mean, no matter what, like the whole, 
you're going to be dealing with totally different technology with regards to the way the security is going to be functioning anyway. So what the fuck they were doing, I got no fucking idea. Who were the 11 in the original Ocean's 11? Be the fuck out of me. It was the Rat Pack. It was Frank Sinatra and uh, Sammy, J- Sammy Davis Jr. And Jerry fucking March of Dimes. Dean Martin, Peter uh, Lawford. Bunch of all these people there that I have no idea. Yeah, there's no there's no backflipping uh, Asians in this. In this yeah, movie. no Asians at all, probably, right? No, and to be honest with you, the only person that I see that is not white is Sammy Davis Jr. Probably, right. yeah. And that was just because he had a big enough name to pull it off. But like I said, they were still walking them in the back doors of the casinos. Red Skelton was in that movie. He was kind of a racist fucker. He was kind of funny, too. Yeah, sometimes he was. My dad loved fucking Red Skelton. He'd like this or this VHS. And my dad never had a DVD. He just had videotapes. Carry on, my good man. Yeah, whatever. I, I mean, Ocean's Eleven, for what it was, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I didn't like any of the ones after it. I didn't watch 12 or any of them. I, I watched watch the 12. Movie. I tried to watch eight. That was the lady one, right? Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Like, I don't understand why in Hollywood. No, I do understand why. But why don't you just come up with your own thing? Like Ghostbusters, horrible fucking remake they did with funny women. Women that were hilarious. I love those girls. That was the shittiest movie ever. Sandra Bullock, whoever else was in Ocean's 8, shitty fucking movie that they clamped onto a franchise because they were hoping to make a bunch of dough. That's Hollywood, brother. Okay, well, that's fair. I, If I ran Hollywood, I would just try to make quality movies instead of shit that was... Biting off, yeah. Something else that doesn't really get you anywhere. Yeah. So, Ocean's 12, I watched. Didn't like. They came up with Ocean's 13. That was bullshit. And then they did Ocean's 8. And they still kept Clooney and Pitt in the front of all those ones. And I don't know if in the other ones he did it or not. But for some reason, and I think this was part of his character. But in Ocean's 11, every time you saw Brad Pitt, he was eating food. Was he? Every fucking time, dude. Like, he's eating nachos or french fries or some shit. That's got to be an... We got to watch the original movie. That's got to be an homage somehow or another to the original film. So we'll we'll, we'll figure that... We, we can figure that one out. That can be figured out. Easy. So we're, we're getting to the end. But if that is an homage, then regardless of who was eating in the first one... Why the fuck was that guy eating every time? Well, that's okay. So we we understand the question that we have to ask. You know? <laughs> now we have to go watch it and ask the questions, right? I mean, that's kind of how these kind of how these games shake out, right? That's, that's the nature of the beast. So. All right. <clears throat> so what's your closer then? So the closer is it's Point Break, dude. You know. Ooh. <laughs> no, Original. Because- I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've only ever watched the second one once, and it was so bad. Like, and I knew the answer. I, I don't even retain any memory of the second one. But 
the only reason why I think it's a good one to finish on is because you have all these sort of like stereotypical dispositions with regards to uh, heist movies, right? But the, the cool thing about Point Break, I mean, despite the fact that Keanu Reeves is a fucking hippie FBI agent, you know, who's an ex-fucking college football store star, and and uh, what's his name? Uh, Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Oh. Yeah. Gary Busey, he, he, Gary Busey dies in a very unceremonious way in this movie, but uh, Patrick Swayze, his name is Bodie, Bodie, I mean, what Bodie. the, what the yeah. fuck, you know, I mean, that's so, like, there's, there's a certain hippie concept to it, but the point of the movie in, in that concept of the human spirit, right, and, like, the thing that gets them excited about doing it in the first place, it's not, you know, a fuck you to the the system just in a straight sense it's just a fuck you to the system in the sense that like uh, there has to be something that like about the human spirit that i don't even know if it's a fuck you to the system i mean eventually they say fuck you and they shoot gary Busey. but it's it's, their liberation their personal liberation well right it's i'm going to the philippines to surf or i'm going to australia or new zealand or wherever and i'm using this to finance that but it's not no it's not just it's not just about it it's a no i'm not saying that they're only financing it it is about their transcendence into something that is bigger the the earth i mean it's the ocean it's feeling and i don't mean to sound like a fucking we're not we're not the ones that are making the movie. We can we can take we can let the water rush over us and understand what it means. But it, that I I think that that's what it is. Is it it is not a fuck you at all. It doesn't become a fuck you until they start fucking with them. Like once they start tracking them down, they shoot them and whatever. Well, in Utah's contradictory nature in that Bodai's right that he he did have that spirit in him. And that he had succumbed to that framework, you know. He, he you know, and 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 he does let him go, you know, and he lets him go because, and he, then he lets him fucking kill himself at the end. Well, yeah, because he didn't. I mean, he let him go, but then he showed up with a bunch of cops onto that beach. But, you know, you know. I yeah. Because it was a hundred foot wave or whatever. The big, what's the biggest one ever? My Waimea, this one, now you know, Bells Beach, Australia. It's not Bells Beach. Bells Beach is a 50-year storm. Blah, 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 blah. He goes and he finds him there. He puts the handcuff on him. They fight each other. You can't put me in a cage, man. You can't put me in a cage. Now, that's like, so there's a part of that that I hate because there is a romantic disposition of freedom that I think is so cliche and tacky in it. But at the same time, the only way that we're going to make it from one point to the next point is by embracing some sort of different notion of the human spirit. So is the part of it that you hate is the fact that we're all in a cage right now, regardless of whether or not we're in prison. And I'm not trying to reduce it down into anything. I'm just trying to get a better idea. It's more, it's more in the sense that it's what Janae was talking to me about last night. It's the idea that, the way that we play out the concept of freedom, it, it turns into this, I want to have the freedom to do stupid shit kind of thing. You know, I want to be free from somebody telling me to, to, you know. 
I do want to have the freedom to do stupid shit. But if that's if that's what it becomes reducible to, then it's not really liberating at that point. There has to be something Here, else to here's it. Here's the thing that Janae is probably missing is that freedom is the right to do stupid shit. Only? Not only. But it's also the freedom to do whatever the fuck it is you want to do, whether or not that be stupid or not. And and when I say whatever the fuck you want to do, there are limits, which is limiting within your freedom. But, I mean, so, so, so there is no freedom then. When you circle back around like that, though, then, so you have to engage in a dialogue with regards to what that means. Now, ultimately, my, my point, though, in, in relation to this. Point that, break. Yeah, is, is that if it's just this sort of cathartic. In a Kantian sense, you can't universalize what, what Bodhi does. It, it, like the, the, the concept of Kant is that you imagine the act, right? And then you imagine a world where everybody does the act, right? And this is simple Kant. I understand that. So you, whoever wants to talk shit to me about this later, today, you can talk shit to me about this later. But. Uh, the concept she of the moral imperative probably understands that you're explaining it to the short bus. Yeah. <laughs> so either way, um, you imagine the act and you universalize it, and if the whole system falls on itself by everybody, like everybody going out and robbing banks and surfing all the time and shit like that. That's not that's not a s sustainable thing inside of a society. The way that they play it out, right? So, which it's it's not. No, I I was just. Fucking thinking, asshole. Okay, I'm, I'm Keep your, fucking I'm talking. Reading, I'm, reading, I'm reading your reactions a little bit, though. So, but, uh, and I understand the hyperbolic and it's metaphorical, and, and, and in that sense, I, like, I, I get that. And again, like, if you're going to see a radical shift, it is going to be through that, like, engaging in that concept of human spirit. But at some point in time, if everything becomes reducible to, I don't want to wear my seatbelt, then at some point it becomes it's not really liberating. It's just, it's really about like butting your head against something that doesn't really engage where the system's power structural and reproduction positions is at. Well, dude, I, we can save this for a philosophical debate at another point, but at any time that you repeat things over and over again, those things are not going to be liberating. So, I'm sure that the first time that a woman got a paying job, it was fucking liberating to women everywhere, right? I, I don't know that it would have touched everybody, but... Okay, it was liberating to everyone that she could tell she got a paying job. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you. So... Time goes on, more women get more paying jobs, it's more liberating, it's more liberating, it's more liberating. Then we get to the point, let's say, beginning of 2000s, right? 60% of women have jobs, it's liberating because they all have jobs, and they can own property and all of this other shit. But there's this 
ceiling where they can go no higher and men make more than they do. So they start saying, well, no, we need to make more because men are making more. Okay, so then that one woman breaks through that ceiling and she's making as much as a man does. So if all of these women come up behind her and make as much as they, as, as men are, and she did, then the ones that come up behind, is it liberating anymore? Okay, so I, I don't know what that has to do with the concept of, of wearing a seatbelt. Let me, let me just, before you, give me a fucking rejoinder. I'm not right? giving you a fucking rejoinder. I don't know if you even know who the fuck you're talking to. Like, having, having a, uh, uh, a paying job as liberating is not that's not liberation like not by this person's standard at least in in, in in any meaningful way it's 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 a it's a it's a, a certain kind of way of thinking about movement you know and it and it might create a, a facade of liberation but i'm not certain that it constitutes i constitutes I would, liberation but I, you were compared when i said when i said what i said i said it as a, a point about how if a personal act of defiance against the system uh, that does not strike at the heart of what that system is, then that is a, that is a, that is a, that is a, a cathartic act that's rooted in uh, a very specifically located subjective disposition that doesn't doesn't trans translate into anything meaningful as it as it is contraposed to the system itself. So that that's that's why I use that example, and that's why when I look at movies like this, and when I think about like the point that you made earlier about repeatedly engaging in the in the in the act, you know, they just go back and they repeat the act of of uh, robbing and robbing and robbing, but because it doesn't lead to anything else, and of course it, it it's it leads to their own demise ultimately because you have to keep, and you then eventually you're going to run into the full force of the systemic, you know. Well, which is their heels. demise, yeah. regardless of whether you're talking about them dying or whether yeah. they get thrown exactly. in the can. The whole thing, the whole thing, yeah. So um, at some point in time, it has to translate into that that spirit. But it, it, I just don't want it to be this thing where it's more about a cathartic, a cathartic disposition with regards to my own or somebody else's disposition. I just want to, again... Like, I'm trying to find something else that's meaningful. Dude, I think both of us are trying to find something else. And I, I'm not talking about God or anything else. I'm, I'm talking about breaking or at least fucking molding the wheel, right? So, when I argue with you, I'm not trying to fucking say i'm right i'm right i i just there's certain tendencies in the arguments i have to point out sometimes okay we'll that, no there. no that's fair i just they're well we're not done with this conversation ever brother no it can't be <laughs> it hasn't been um i was just thinking about well Maybe I'll talk to her about this another time. What are, what are we talking about next time? 
I don't fucking know. We probably should plan this shit before we record some stuff. There was one idea that you had brought up, and then I brought up something about vigilantism. Well, I've been wanting to do fucking assassins for a while. Um, Vigilantism is a... Is a form of a... (laughs) No, is is an okay topic, too. Um, Yeah, you caught me off. I didn't know anything about assassins. You're you're killing me. Well, I also was talking about serial killers. Um, I mean, I know what it was because... Day after tomorrow is the deadline on taxes, so we wanted to talk about taxes. Okay, okay. Which I know that that sounds fucking boring. Very exciting. But I'm sure we can fucking spin it. (laughs) We're not going to talk like accountants. Um, So, I don't know. Taxes? Yeah. Taxes was the next one. That's right. And then it'll be vigilantism after that. So, there, we've we've got two plans then. So is that taxes one and two, and then vigilantism? No taxes. So taxes one and two, and then we'll we'll have to figure out a way to do the media thing in relation to that. Yeah, entertainment for yeah, taxes. Yeah, so we'll have four. Yeah, four in the in the, in the very exciting tax bracket, <laughs> and then we'll have four. Vigil, vigilantism is something that sells itself. So, but we're not going to talk about it like just like worshiping it. We have to analyze it. No, but that works because then we can do the anti-hero for the entertainment part. We can, we can, yeah, among many other things, yes. Yeah. All right. Cheers. All right. Uh, 720-334-ROLL. ShortBusDebateClub at Yahoo.com or at ShortBusDebate on Twitter. All right. Talk to you later. Later.